We're here to look at week five in the NBA for fantasy basketball, streaming options, the week schedule for weekly leagues, guys that we can add that we might want to start. It's all here. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I clap when a plane lands. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Week five is upon us. We are closing in. We're not there yet. We are closing in on 15% of the NBA season being done. In fact, maybe after today, we will be there. No, we're not quite there. I think tomorrow we'll be there at 15% of the season done. Um, We're starting to see things start to level out. Still not yet. 15% is still a relatively small amount. There are going to be lots of things that do still change over the course of coming weeks and hot and cold streaks and all that sort of stuff is going to happen. Let's plan ahead, though, for week five. We are starting to get away from the... I am just stashing and holding type scenario. Not yet. I like to look at Thanksgiving as a little bit of a cutoff. And then the other cutoff is around Christmas. So Thanksgiving is this week coming up. So if, for example, we were holding on to Keontae George and he hadn't gotten a starting job, he has, then at Thanksgiving we'd say, well, let's move on and do something different with that. Um, if Scoot Henderson had been playing and healthy and had struggled all the way through every single game up until Thanksgiving, we'd probably say, yeah, let's maybe decide to make a cut here. So if you've got sort of some players who are unproven, who you're waiting for things to happen, then these, we're starting to get into that territory of, "Mm, do I actually, is this costing me way too much to wait for an outcome later on? That is always going to be an individual scenario, but we're starting to move a little bit away from, I'm happy to take an L because you're not happy to take five Ls in a row. Two, sure. Three, mm, five is getting a bit like, "Mm, I'm not sure I'm willing to do this consistently for this long. It becomes impossible to come back from. So, We are here to look at week five across the NBA, how the schedule looks, and you're going to be stunned to know it's another stinker in terms of the schedule because we do have Thanksgiving. And those of you who will want to ask, no, we don't have Thanksgiving here in Australia. Thanksgiving is an American holiday because it represents something that happened in America. So no, we don't have Thanksgiving. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. You don't need to say happy Thanksgiving to me, but I do say happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys if you do celebrate it when it comes up later in the week. So there we go. There's that part out, which I'm sure for new listeners is something that maybe you do know, maybe you don't. I don't know. But the guys who have been around for a long time would. We are going to take a look at how the schedule plays out because, again, Thanksgiving does play havoc with the NBA schedule. And we can see that by how the games shake out. It's not a bad start. Eight games on Monday. That's pretty good. Five games on Tuesday. Yeah, I like that. 14 games on Wednesday for the second time in three weeks is an abominable schedule. Absolutely ludicrous. I've got no problem for having Thursday off for Thanksgiving. Totally reasonable. No worries at all. But I'm just... These ridiculous games... I know the NBA wants to look... We're going to always do it and we're going to have these small amount of games on, on Thursday for national TV. This, I, I believe... Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not 
in the business part of things. I don't do any of that stuff with the NBA. So maybe I'm wrong. But I'm purely like, yes, I, I work through the NBA and media. But as a fan also, it hurts the product. With 14 games on, no one can actually see what's going on. You can't watch every game. You can't pay attention to what's happening through the league. There's not enough staggering. You have nine games start within an hour of each other. You can't watch it all. Then you have two games on. Well, yes, that does focus attention into one game and then onto the other one. But then you just lose everything on every other day. And it is really, really frustrating. But anyway, 14 games on Wednesday. Obviously, not going to be a stream day. Thursday, zero games. Not going to be a stream day. And then we go to Friday with 10, which... Again, I have to have a cutoff somewhere. 10 to me is too much to consider a stream day, but you absolutely could be able to do it. And then we've got a really nice six-day, six-game Saturday and eight-game Sunday. So it's not as good as it was last week where we could really get a coherent and uh, cogent streaming strategy to come through where we could maximize our ads with multiple days. It's not, it's actually, it's impossible to really do it this week. So it isn't going to be as much of a battle for streaming as it has been in other weeks. Let's have a look at how the games shake out for the week. We've got the four-game teams. There's quite a few of them here. We've got, what, 15 teams playing four games. Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Denver, and the Clippers. You know the Clippers have had two two-game weeks already, so they're going to start to get some big bulky weeks coming through. Miami, Milwaukee, Minnesota, the Pelicans, and the Magic have four. The Suns, the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Wizards also have four games. Did I miscount that? Six plus five is 11 plus four. No, it's 15. 15 teams play four games. Oh, I'm correct. Um, the three-game teams, you've got Brooklyn, we've got Charlotte, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Pacers, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and the Sixers, and then we've got the Blazers, the Kings, and the Jazz. So that is 12 teams with three games for the week, which means that once again, we have got multiple teams playing two games for this week. And those three teams that are playing two games, the Dallas Mavericks, the Detroit Pistons, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is annoying because there are three top 15 players in that grouping of teams that um, we won't, maybe even four if you want to count Chet Holmgren, um, who will only play two games this week. And we'll talk about sitting and starting guys for weekly lock leagues later on. And I have done something, which I should have done in the earlier weeks, honestly, um, talking about which two-game players you can consider starts and which other ones you want to sit on the bench. Because I do think that is relatively important. And I probably should have had... No, probably. I definitely should have done that in uh, in earlier weeks. So I do apologize for that... Um, for the for me lacking in that, in that regard. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against numbers. It's not you with uh, projections and thousands of other players and salary caps and lineups and spreadsheets and algorithms. You just choose a more or a less on individual player stats that PrizePix gives you for between two to six players. And you can win up to 25 times your money back just by picking more or less on those projected stats. They've got so many different player options, so many different stat options they can throw out there as well. Plus, they've got all these interesting little juicy things like the combos, which you can find in the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections. So you can do a basketball and football. You can do it. They'll have a 10.5. And what does that mean? Well, it's the amount of threes hit by LeBron and the amount of receptions by Travis Kelsey. Put them together. They're going to be more or less than 10.5. Bang. You do it. It's easy. You're done. It's sorted. This is so straightforward. It's so fast. You can get entries in and out in under 60 seconds as well. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. You can use the code LockedOnNBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA. That is a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Remember, if you're sick of the nonsense that you see on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever with their sports shows that don't know what they're talking about, honestly, half the time, we've got a channel now, Locked On Sports Today, live 24-7 on YouTube, featuring all of our shows across all sports, local experts, everyday knowledge. If you are watching on YouTube, this show will will redirect directly over to that channel. It's just something that's always on. So when you're looking for something to watch and you watch Sports Center or or you're thinking, I maybe want to watch Sports Center or ESPN, and you go, no, because Stephen A. Smith is going to be saying something that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, chuck on Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. We're live 24-7 with uh, plenty of stuff, which I think you'll find more knowledgeable and more entertaining than the the garbage that you find on on regular TV at this point in, uh, in our lives. Let's look at quality games for the week. Where are we at? It's hard this week because of the zero-game day, because of a 14-game day, and Friday is a semi-stream, probably not a stream day. So it's three games in the middle of the week that are probably not streamable. So we've got Monday and Tuesday and Saturday Sunday. We're bookending it. The Monday, Tuesday, and the Saturday, Sunday are our stream days. There are three teams, or sorry, there are two teams that have three quality games. They're the best two teams of the week in terms of streaming options, the Hawks and the Cavs. So when you're, the, the Cavs are a rough one because they've got six guys who, who need to be rostered, Mitchell, Garland, Levert, Struess, Allen, and Mobley. That's great. But then, Akora is not playing. Um, Milk is out. I just love saying Milk. Uh, Dean Wade is a Mitch Robinson-level usage player who does nothing. There's no one who steps up into any sort of large production who can even be used as a stream option. The Hawks are more interesting because DeAndre Hunter is available. Great stream for three quality games. Um, If someone foolishly dropped a Decker or Kongwu, well, let, let me rephrase that. If someone foolishly dropped a Nyeka in a category league, you add him and you just hold him. But in a points league where he can be dropped, you can add him for the three quality games for streams. DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich is available in spots. The depressed penis Sadiq Bay is available in a lot of spots. This is the perfect opportunity to add those guys, Bay, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Okongwu, to get the three quality games out of them, which you're not going to get from anybody really. And an ability to use them as much as as much as that is really key. There are no teams that have zero quality games. Everyone has at least one, which is good news in that regard. We're going to talk a little bit more about schedule quirks and how that plays out in just a sec. But most teams have either a three or two, and a lot of the three-game teams have one quality game. But there's no like real like, apart from the two teams that have three, there's no team that stands out like Dogs Balls as having a great schedule or, or a dreadful schedule in terms of quality game type scenarios. So it is just important. Atlanta, Cleveland, again, we're not going to get much out of that. But Atlanta, really, really interesting from a stream perspective for this week. So we go to the stream zone, takes us straight in. Um, hopefully you're not searching stream zone in your uh, Google search history. I can't be responsible for what comes up. It is a terrible streaming week. So we're just probably looking to hit game by game. And the reason that it's a, a terrible streaming week is that we got Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday is the stream days. And then there's no back to back on Monday, Tuesday. So we can't actually take advantage of that. Yes, you might be able to use Friday as a stream day, but that puts you in the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nobody plays all three of those games. So you might have a Friday, Saturday grouping, but then that's no Saturday, Sunday. It's better just to hit Monday, Tuesday, and then maybe hit Friday and then get a weekend back-to-back. Like That's really the best that you're going to be able to do, but it's almost just as useful using each waiver spot as, uh, as, as one ad. Last week, we get five games out of two ads. You have no hope of doing that this week. It just doesn't happen. It can't work. So it is a terrible week in that regard. And there are only three teams you play that weekend back-to-back. It is the Hawks, as we mentioned, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Cavs, as we also mentioned. 
So they have that weekend back-to-back. So while it is useful to look at a Hawks player, a Bay, a Hunter, a Kongwu, you'll add them, but you have to wait until the end of the week for it really to come to fruition. That's why it's a bad um, schedule week. Of course, they're still going to play on the Wednesday, but you're probably not going to use those guys with the 14 games on. In fact, who are the two teams? Does anyone know off the top of their head the two teams who don't play Wednesday? I do know. One of them is the Knicks, and the other one is the Pistons, the two teams that don't play on Wednesday. Everybody else plays. So that's where we're at in terms of um, the games. The Nets also with that weekend back-to-back. Some good value there. Look, we don't expect that Ben Simmons will be available. He might be, but I'm not expecting that Ben is going to be available there for that that stretch of games. So there are some very interesting schedule quirks, though. There are a bunch of teams who don't play on the weekend, five of them. Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Indiana, and Sacramento. No games on the weekend. We're going to talk Detroit in a second. We'll get to that. Um, and it got, actually four of those teams. Let's talk about them now. Detroit, Sacramento, Golden State, and Houston. They play all, all play on Monday, and then they have no more quality games for the week. Now, this is going to depend on whether you view Friday as a streaming day for you, because that will influence some of this. But if it isn't a streaming day with ten games on, any fringe Pistons, Kings, Warriors, Rockets players. So I'm looking at you, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Pajemski, maybe Dario Saric, maybe fan of pants, Kevin Herder, definitely Harrison Barnes. Malik Monk, and in Detroit, who are we looking at there? Isaiah Stewart, um, Alec Burks, uh, Jaden Ivey. Well, you wouldn't really have Jaden Ivey at this point. All those guys, they play Monday, and then they don't play another quality game for the rest of the week. So they don't play Tuesday, they don't play Saturday, they don't play Sunday. So even like a team like the, the Rockets and the Warriors who have three games, the Kings have three games, the Pistons have two games, you're just not going to utilize those fringe players after Monday. And if that guy, this really does focus more on the Warriors, so maybe it's a Kaminga because he's replacing Draymond, or it is Looney, or it is Sharich, or it is Pajemski, right? Or it's Wiggins, who should be dropped anyway. But if you use them on Monday, there's no real point holding them for the rest of the week when you may not use them at all. This is all going to be dependent on how your lineup looks, but be aware of that. So they all play Monday and then no quality games the rest of the week. The Pacers don't play on the weekend. They are one of those five teams, but they at least play um, They play, They play on Tuesday instead of Monday. So they don't play Monday. They play Tuesday. Then after Tuesday, no quality games left for them as well. So they're in a similar boat, but not the same. And then you've got these teams, the Knicks, the Spurs, the Wolves, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Bulls. That is a lot of teams. That is seven teams. So they play Monday as a quality game and then Sunday as a quality game. So they've got two quality games, true. That is true. But there's five games, five days in the middle where you might not use those players. So fringe players there, Josh Hart. Emmanuel Quickly, maybe not. Like even Josh Hart, maybe not. But like Spurs guys, who are we looking at there? There was no one really that comes to mind for the Spurs. Like the Wolves, Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, the Bucks, our Malik Beasley. Do you hold them after Monday, just waiting for another opportunity to use them Sunday? If you rush, rush to grab Christian Brown after yesterday's performance, is it worth it with a five-day gap of not using him? Sam Hauser in Boston and Chicago. Alex Caruso, is he worth it? He probably is. But is Kobe White worth it? We're getting to that point when I talked about Thanksgiving early. If this boy doesn't start to do something positive, he's gone. He, he was a late pick. We took a chance. We've waited four weeks. He's had a couple of good games. He's had two stinkers in a row. I will wait probably until we hit Thanksgiving exactly. And a Zach Levine trade could open up a ton of stuff for White. But it is getting really close that he's just gone. He's just he's just performing poorly. 
That's what we do. We take flyers on guys. We give a chance because the role's stable. And then we move on. Like if White gets benched, he's an immediate drop. That's how I like to view these things. He's shooting horribly. And I don't expect him to be a 34% shooter moving forward. I, that, that's, you can't really project that for anybody because you'd be silly if you did. But at some point, it's got to turn around. And he could very easily get benched at any point here. So watch all of that stuff in terms of how that plays out. But they are, again, it's a weird little schedule quirk with those three, or with, not with three, with those seven teams where they have that big gap in the middle of the week where you might not be using those fringe players. So yeah, move on. Get someone in on Tuesday. Get someone in on Saturday because you're not going to use these guys on those days. I hope, I hope that makes sense in how to uh, approach that for the week. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook. Early? We're in week 11, aren't we, in the NFL? Anyway, that's fine. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins or if you're a Wizards fan, if your team loses. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Or, in fact, if you're a Pistons fan, shout out to them losing 10 in a row in their fourth year of a rebuild. Troy Weaver, legend. The app is so easy to use. I'm, I don't know why Pistons fans are getting a, a drive-by here, but I don't know. It's annoying, and it must be annoying for you guys too. But the FanDuel app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, totals, sides, futures, parlays. It's all there over on the FanDuel app. It's easy to use, and you can get those uh, bonus bets if you hit that $5 money line. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Well, wrap up the NFL season. Actually, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let's, um, we've done schedule quirks. Let's get through to the next part. And we're looking at who has three games in four nights. There are quite a few of these. With the, the, the zero game day in the middle of the week, they've got to switch other stuff in. Awesome, love that. Fantastic, well done. Um, look at all those teams that have a three games in four nights, Sunday through Wednesday. All this tells me is that no one's gaining a clear advantage because there are 13 teams that play three games in four nights, Sunday through Wednesday. Boston, Cleveland, Denver, Houston, Indiana, the Lakers, Magic, Sixers, Suns, Blazers, Kings, Raptors, and Jazz. Like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Almost half the league plays three games in four nights. You are going to see some bad basketball. You are going to see some rests occurring. Three games in four nights is a big load, giggity, on players' bodies, giggity. So you need to pay attention to how that can impact them and how many little injury things or load management things, giggity, start applying in that little period to those teams. If we look at um, Tuesday through Friday, the Pacers, the Magic, the Suns, and the Raptors, you'll notice that a few of those teams, Phoenix, Orlando, Indiana, and Toronto, appear in both of those. Very heavy load schedule here. Wednesday, Saturday, we've got four teams that have the four games, uh, three games in four nights. Clippers, Heat, Pelicans, Wizards. Remembering that Wednesday is a 14-game day, so you're not getting a gigantic advantage by streaming these guys in to get three and four because you probably wouldn't use them on a Wednesday. So shout-out to Russell Westbrook or Norman Powell or Terrence Mann or maybe a Jaime Huckers or even a Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, uh, Dyson Daniels, the Dustbuster, um, and the Wizards. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? Um... All right, so that's the threes and fours. If you look in fours and sixes, again, quite a few of these because the schedule demands it. Boston, Denver, Houston, Indiana, Orlando, Phoenix, the Kings, and the Raptors play four games in six nights, Sunday through Friday. I'm including Sunday because it gives you an ability to look at how do you maximize what happens in week four on your Sunday, which we're going to do a Sunday streaming show later today, but also that carries you into week five. So those teams, those uh, eight teams, four games in six nights, if we go Monday through Saturday, there are four games in week five, or four teams in week five that play four games in six. The Clippers, the Heat, the Pelicans, and the Wizards. 
And then to round out the week, Tuesday through Sunday, there are five teams with four games and six nights. Atlanta, Cleveland, Orlando, Phoenix, Toronto. Now, obviously, with four games and six nights, that means you've got a back-to-back in there somewhere. We're going to talk back-to-backs in a second. But that is, again, a heavy load. We don't have, thankfully, no one's playing a four in five and no one's playing a five in seven. So there is a benefit to, to understanding that. But these are still relatively high load scenarios. In terms of back-to-backs, nobody has the Monday, Tuesday. In terms of Sunday, Monday, I'm going to talk about that in the weekly, in the daily streaming show later today, so I'll cover that then. No one has a Monday, Tuesday. There are a bunch of teams with Tuesday, Wednesday, because Wednesday's got 14 games on. It is Atlanta, Cleveland, Indiana, the Lakers, the Magic, the Sixers, the Suns, the Blazers, the Raptors, and the Jazz. It's a lot of teams. And then there is no, um, obviously, Thursday's a zero-game day, so there's no um, Wednesday, Thursday. There's no Thursday, Friday. There is Wednesday, Friday as a pseudo back-to-back, but we don't really care because it is you know, 14 games Wednesday that doesn't and 10 on Friday. That's just like a wipeout type zone. We can look at Friday, Saturday, Clippers, Heat, Pelicans, Wizards, who have the Friday, Saturday combination. And then we've talked about this already, but the weekend back-to-back is Atlanta, it's Brooklyn, and it is Cleveland to end that week. As in, we, we did mention that already, and they get that nice little back-to-back to end things off. If you want to look at weekly ads, so if you're in a weekly lock league, these are guys that you can consider that I think you might even look at starting. And there is a name on that list that is very interesting. And we can say his name now. And that is Jonathan Isaac. Because he played 20 minutes last game. He played their last back-to-back. So I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm shocked. So I'm including him on this list. The Magic have four games, but they do have a back-to-back. I am not convinced that he plays in the back-to-back. He might though. And if you get like 80 minutes... 84 minutes? What if they ramp him up a little bit more? That's enough, man. That's enough. He was really good last game. He's putting up big numbers. I still don't think the path is there for Isaac to play 25 minutes a night, especially once Wendell Carter returns. But 22 a night, if his body can actually handle that, it's probably useful enough to have a crack at it. And it is a solid enough week, but we do worry that if he does miss the back-to-back, that he won't be worth it. So that, that is risky. I've got the dust buster there, Dyson Daniels. Even though Jose Alvarado is set to return, I don't think they're going to slot Alvarado in and play him 32 every night because there's a chance that Daniels is just better than Alvarado at this point. Alvarado is an undrafted... We think Alvarado is an established player. He's an undrafted third-year guy. Daniels is a top eight pick from a year ago. Like They've been in the league one year different. Daniels is starting to play well. So there's no guarantee that Jose just comes in and steps up and takes that number or takes that role. In the preseason before Alvarado's injury, I was like, is Alvarado going to get these minutes or are they going to try and get them to Daniels? We still don't know the answer to that. So there is a question mark on that. Alex Caruso, like, is he going to play 25 minutes? I don't know. If he played 30, he would smash, but he can't because he gets hurt every time. But in 25 minutes, he's probably useful enough. Mo Wagner, at least until Wendell is back, is worth a look. Kyle Anderson's in there. And then Eric Gordon is in there. So don't get it twisted. When I said earlier about Kyle Anderson being, hey, maybe you want to drop him given the way their schedule plays out. Daily changes versus weekly changes is very different. Quality games don't mean shit in a weekly changes league. It doesn't matter when the games are on. Because once you lock someone in on Monday, you lock them in. And if they play four games for the week, like Kyle Anderson does, you probably want to lock that in and get the start out of him. It doesn't matter about ins and outs on your lineup. The volume t- trumps the individual daily stuff. So that's the difference there. And then Eric Gordon with Bradley Beal out again for the next couple of weeks. Gordon probably keeps starting, probably plays 30 minutes. Him and Grayson Allen are going to go back and forth like a tennis match, trading good games is my guess. But Gordon is worth a look in that scenario. 
That's more for category leagues. For points leagues, a lot of the names are the same. I'm going to throw Dyson Daniels, Jonathan Isaac. I'm going to throw Jaime Huckers and Reggie Jackson in there. And even in category leagues, they're probably worth having a look at as well. Four games for the week. Huckers' shooting can be iffy at times. Jackson's usage and overall um, peripheral production is not particularly strong, but with good games on, good roles there, they are worth looking at for the week ahead. And then you've got Mo Wagner and Eric Gordon also in points leagues who are worth cracking at. And then this is what I referenced earlier. Let's have a look at the three teams that play two games. Who is worth actually starting in a weekly lock league? Well, in Dallas, it's Luca and Kyrie. We're not starting Derek Jones or Tim Hardaway or Derek Lively or Grant Williams. Obviously not. In Detroit, I wouldn't start anybody. I wouldn't start Cade. I wouldn't start Asar. I obviously wouldn't start Jalen Duran because I don't even know if he's playing. Wouldn't start Killian. Wouldn't start Stewart. None of those guys. And then in Oklahoma City, I would start Shea Gildas-Alexander. I wouldn't start Josh Giddy. I wouldn't start the Bronco. Chet Holmgren is borderline to me. Borderline. He projects out to me like 125th for the week, which is maybe startable, maybe not. So that's why I put him there. So I think you could consider Chet, but I'm not locked in on that like I am with Luca, Kyrie, and Shea. And the, the fact that Luca, Kyrie, and Shea are the three guys we look at that we lock in should give you an understanding of how to approach a two-game week if you don't want to wait for me to talk about it. If you've got a top 20 player, a top 30 player, usually they can be started in a two-game week. Everyone else, it's just not going to be worth it, most likely, because we're talking so small here. One of these guys plays two games. Let's say they play 35 minutes. That's 70, 70 minutes in two games. If you've got a top, a, a top 80 guy who plays 33 minutes, well, that's 99 minutes. It's a big difference. It's almost, well, it is. It's a full game worth of stuff different on it, and it's just so hard to, cut, to cover over. You have to be elite, elite, top 15, top 20, to be able to do that, most other people, when the majority of teams are playing four, which 15 teams are this week, it's really hard to get that got those guys into that starting position. And that will do it for me today. Well, it won't because I'll do another show later on. But for the week five preview, it will. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Odyssey. YouTube, stick around. Locked On Sports Today is coming up live after this, but also subscribe, follow, comment, notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.